Thanks for subscribing to the ZonCon podcast, the podcast all about Amazon conversations. These are the tips and tricks to become an Amazon millionaire. Here is your host, Andrew Erickson. He is all things Amazon, and so is this podcast. Let's have an Amazon conversation. Hey, guys. Welcome back to the ZonCon podcast. I'm excited to have our fourth part in our series on exiting fourth part today. Uh, If you have not listened to the other parts, there's three, obviously, before the fourth part. One is on how to exit. One is on why to exit. And then one is uh, my business partner, Mike, and I having a toast and talking about our exit. And it's fun because I actually recorded the first part of the series actually a year ago when we decided to do the exit. And then another six months after that, after we kind of got into the whole like how are we going to do this exit thing? And then about a month ago when we actually kind of finished and all the money was in the account and everything, and the dust is settled and everything. And now we are talking with Andrew Voda, who is a sales rep, I guess, with Empire Flippers, which is the brokerage that we use to sell our company. So Andrew Voda, thank you so much for being here. Yep. Thanks for inviting me and happy to be here. Glad to be part of the, uh, well, maybe the, the final part of the series here. And congratulations to uh, you and Mike, who wasn't able to be here for selling the business as well. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it. And it was, uh, and thank you very much for for kind of holding our hand along the way. It was uh, nice having somebody else in our corner kind of helping us. And that's kind of what we're going to be talking about today is we talked about how to sell, which is through the brokerage, right? And uh, and we talked about the some of the, you know, mostly good, a few of the bads that we kind of went into, but... Now I wanted to hear kind of from Andrew's perspective, from the Empire Flippers brokerage side, kind of like talk about why people come to brokerages and kind of the types of people that come to brokerages and like what's kind of a good business that makes a lot of sense to come on Empire Flippers. Yeah, yeah. um, Good question. I mean, Empire Flippers too, we we don't only sell just Amazon FBA-based businesses or like just a mix of e-commerce we have a variety of online businesses that we sell, and that's largely because we have buyers that are looking to invest in digital businesses that are fairly turnkey. Just so happens that right now and over the last two years, a huge part of that has been private label Amazon-based brands. So we've seen a lot of a lot of action there. Um, I mean, in terms of the why, um, as to people, like why do they come to our platform? When it comes to sellers. They're working with us because they want to be able to sell their business for the most money possible, typically. But there's plenty of other reasons as well, especially if some business owners are newer, where they they want somebody to guide them through that process. But that's also something that we see with a lot of repeat sellers as well. We can go into more specifics there, obviously, since you have sold your business with us. On the flip side, though, when you have buyers, a lot of them, when they're buying a, a business that's an online business... Um, something that they can't see or uh, like feel or touch it, like a brick and mortar kind of store and actually visit it. They want to be able to find a place where there are vetted businesses. They've been examined by a team of experts that know what they are so that if they're going to wire over six or seven or eight figures for the business, they know that uh, they're coming to a place that they can trust and they're buying something that's um, you know going to fit within their goals and, and going to be able to uh, you know change their lives just as much as it did the seller. Nice. I love it. That's great. Yeah. And that's, that's exactly why we came there too. And we should, we'll jump into a little bit of kind of the little mechanics of what are the best businesses and how to use a brokerage and stuff like that and why. 
But I'd like to know a little bit about Andrew before we, uh, Andrew Voda, not Andrew Erickson. You hear about me all the time on the podcast. <laughs> so Andrew Voda, uh, I know right now you're uh, you're in Vegas, right? Yeah, I, I'm in Vegas, which is, is not a huge part of my life story, or at least not so <laughs> far uh, just yet. But uh, we still have a few more days to go here. So we'll see how that plays out. Nice. You guys are just at like a big conference there, right? Well, we're actually doing a... It's a company meetup. So uh, um, we usually, or before COVID, we did these uh, about twice a year. This is the first time since COVID that we've all gotten together. And like a lot of other people out there, it's kind of interesting meeting, meeting people that you've only like known on Slack in person. So uh, that's always fun. And it's been a good time so far. About 50 of us here. Nice. And it's funny, you know, Empire Flipper was, was doing the whole like digital nomad thing for a long time, well before it was super cool this last year to do it with COVID. Because because I know I met a bunch of you guys in Chiang Mai, Thailand three years ago when I was out there and mm-hmm. uh, also met a bunch of you guys in Cancun, Playa del Carmen area in Mexico. And I'm like, man, Empire Flipper guys are everywhere. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting too. just just the types of people that you meet all around the world and like which cities around the world are kind of like hubs for Internet entrepreneurship, like certain cities like Chiang Mai. I think there's there's definitely a lot of people that run an Amazon physical product business there. There's a lot of people involved in like the SEO space there as well. So there's like cities around the world that kind of are like hotspots for this and, and some that like you'll be able to connect with more people in maybe Prague or or Chiang Mai, Thailand than you would in uh, a lot of big cities in the States that are in the space. So it's kind of crazy how that is. Yeah, that's funny. We went we met a lot of sellers, a lot of drop shippers in Thailand. Too, yeah. And FBA was FBA was big, but there's a lot of drop shippers there. We went to a digital nomad conference with Johnny FD is a popular podcast yeah. about that stuff. And he he's a drop shipper guy. So we met a lot of those guys out there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's brought a lot of people into the space too. So nice. That's cool. I didn't know you went out there actually. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I spent a, a year abroad. We went to 32 countries inside of 12 months. That's right. I actually immediately do remember you telling me that you had spent like uh, a year abroad last year when we first started talking. So yep. yeah, yep. that's that's a long time. Yeah. And we spent a month in Chiang Mai. So it was, uh, and we went nice. to the, the conference. So but yeah, it was fantastic. So I've actually known about and kind of talked to Empire Flipper guys for God, I would say over five years now at this point. So how how old is and what do you know the origin story of Empire Flippers? Oh yeah, big time. So I've been at the company for about four years now, and Empire Flippers itself has been around since about 2010. Originally, and this is something that a lot of people may not realize right now. Originally, it was it was called AdSense Flippers. It's back closer to 2010 where Amazon like FBA businesses, quote unquote, weren't really a thing. How our founders got their start was building a portfolio of sites that were earning money through AdSense, as well as the Amazon Associates program. Over time, they started to help people sell their websites. And that started to branch off into all different types of online business models so Empire Flippers basically was created out of this AdSense Flippers name. And really for the last five to six years, the business has grown far beyond just selling like smaller content sites. And we've moved into some of the biggest Amazon FBA, M&A right now in the industry. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. And it, it's interesting because one thing, guys, you should go to Empire Flippers and look at the sold 
websites and they show the numbers and they they kind of show and this is this is a great way to kind of like see where you're at in comparison. I looked at the solds and kind of you can kind of see like the you know 300,000 a year revenue businesses and then the 1 million dollar businesses and the 3 million dollars and of course there's some that are 20, 50, 100 million dollar businesses revenue that is and then uh, you can see what their profit margin was and uh, what space they're in and what multiple they sold for. So it's like really, I don't know. I just, I'm glad, I love that data because I hear all these stories about, I know a guy who knew a guy who sold for a lot of money. Wow. Okay, cool. Right. I also know a guy whose business collapsed because whatever. Right. But for me, because I'm a nerd, I love seeing that data and seeing like, oh, cool. Here it is real. There are dozens and dozens, I don't know, hundreds. I don't know how many, how many businesses you guys sell every year. Every year, we're close to 300 businesses now a year. Nice. Basically, almost basically every single day, <laughs> you're making a yeah, sale, right? Yeah. We literally had something called a deal a day. So Nice. Yeah, that's something. We don't necessarily try to shoot for that, but we, we do see a lot of business um, businesses sell. We work to that every single day. And something to your you're kind of alluding here to as well is like we are meticulous about tracking our data and trying to always improve that when we're you know talking to owners like yourself. And what your business will be worth, what to expect when you do, um, you know, work with us too. Nice, yeah, and and so, so you guys are doing a lot of deals, and a lot of people are coming to you, and you sell different sizes. Do you have kind of like, a, is there like a minimum and a maximum, or kind of like an ideal customer that you guys kind of target? I would say there's there's kind of a variety of both buyer and seller profiles. Uh, we actually have some like kind of fun names we created for that, like uh, our marketing team did, like a flipper Fred that is there as a buyer to like buy and flip businesses like they would a house. There's some other names like that as well. I'll, I'll uh, let anyone poke around the site if they want to find that out. But yeah, when it when it comes to uh, our I- ideal kind of buyer seller, in terms of like on the the minimum end, we are selling businesses that are earning at least one thousand dollars a month net profit. That may put the business at a valuation of around 30, 50K or so. On the higher end, though, we're regularly selling eight figure deals now. So, you know, we don't really want there to be a max. Uh, there's some stuff right now that, that is a little bit out of our scope, but we're trying to constantly grow so that we can help, you know, sell bigger and bigger businesses too. Nice. Love that. Yeah. $1,000 a month profit. Interesting. So that would, it, and those are, those like affiliate websites or are they, Amazon businesses. There's some Amazon businesses. You start to see a lot more Amazon businesses above the hundred thousand dollar mark, and about our average deal size is close to six hundred thousand dollars at this point. Nice, nice. Yeah. So, okay, great. And then I guess so. Really, most everybody has. Unless I guess if you're brand new, you have one product, and you're maybe kind of in the startup phase, and you don't have a profit. But really, I feel like ninety percent of people I know who actually have any type of revenue would actually kind of qualify to sell a business then? Yeah, depending on the business too, like one where there's a lot of demand for, of course, Amazon businesses. Um, we're seeing we're seeing companies buy them before they're one year old. Uh, it looks like there's a good start with good reviews. You may have uh, a buyer out there that, that would like to acquire it right away. Typically, a seller is wanting to hold on to it a little bit more. But that may change over time, too, where we um, even loosen some of our uh, or kind of like open up some of our criteria when we're looking to sell a business as well. And do you have to sell like 100 percent of the business or can you sell part of it or how does that work? Typically, we see owners sell 100 percent of it. 
most of them want to sell 100% of it as well, where you have deals that are not fully sold, where, where maybe the owner retains some equity. A lot of the times when that happens, there may be a degree of like personalization or subject matter expertise that the owner has that the buyer would like the the owner to stay on if they're going to buy the deal. So that does happen sometimes, but uh, the majority of deals are are typically 100% exits. Hmm. Interesting. And then you said the average deal is like $600,000. That's, that's the purchase price then. Yeah. Around $600,000. Yeah. Nice. Wow. What other kind of things, if we're, if we're thinking about exiting, let's say we have six to 12 month timeline and we're thinking, okay, how, what are the things I should do today? Both like uh, kind of get your books in order, kind of like very like tactical things that are just like can get done in like a weekend or, or over uh, you know a week or two. Yeah. And what other things are kind of like, well, let's do that first. What, what are some like the very sort of, I call out janitorial stuff we should do while we're getting ready for an exit? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, getting the books in order, that that's always like the advice that, that you're going to hear a lot of the times. Like why that's important is because it's hard to make informed decisions if we don't have a clear picture of the financials of the business. Um, and there's a lot of times too, where depending on how savvy of a business owner you are or how educated you are when it comes to accounting and finances, you may not have a great grasp on what your financials are. So being able to review that with people that, that, you know, kind of eat, sleep and breathe this space and can help you identify where you're at now and what you would need to do to hit some goals in the future. So if you have your, your books together, then sitting down and looking at things like, well, you know, how stocked are you? Are you going to be able to continue to, you know, run the business as at its current level? Are you wanting to grow that for something like a bigger exit, which is usually the case? And then when we're actually looking at, at people's goals and, you know, identifying maybe a potential number that they want to sell at, usually it's around a million dollars. That's a big breaking point for a lot of people. Empire Flippers will help people prepare their profit and loss statement, clean up the finances in the beginning, like in the vetting stage. There's times where we've reached the end of that and we're not exactly close to being able to sell it where the owner wants to sell their business. So what we would do at that point is, um, you know, come up with some opportunities and, and a plan to grow the business to help them reach that that exit. But I don't know, kind of summarizing all that, you know, start with getting clean books, using something like seller board. I see a lot of sellers do that and it's super helpful for them. Keeping on top of your inventory. I have no affiliation to this, but I see a lot of sellers use SoStocked.com. Uh, they've had great success with that to manage their inventory better. And then from there is, is taking a look at the business and yeah, you know what we can do to improve it. You know whether it's ad, listing copy, any sort of operations that need cleaned up, help with that. So a bit of a long answer. I'm conscious I'm talking too much, so I'll uh, turn it back over to you. You know the books thing. We have a professional accountant that we love. He's been on the podcast several times. You want to look him up, junglebooks.net. He has, I think, two episodes. So look at, just type in accounting in the in our library. You'll find it. He does our books and he's great. He's fantastic. And you know, one thing that we actually really liked from Empire Flippers is you have this whole automated process thing where you link into the Google Analytics and you link into the Amazon backend and, and pull the real data. And that way people aren't just kind of, you know, the buyer isn't just like, wait, where did these numbers come from? Oh, I just, you know, 
I don't know, just made them up, you know, like, <laughs> like, like there's always going to be some stuff that's like just made up because accounting is not really a science. It's like, it's a soft science, you know, <laughs> but the process that you guys have was really nice. It does take, a, you know, I will say it does take a little bit of time, especially since we already had <laughs> like our book set up. Part of us is like, we're thinking like, uh, was a lot of work for something we already paid someone else to do for us. But the nice thing is that your platform brings in all that data. It's all collected in one spot. And then, of course, at that, you know, the first of the month or the whatever, the third of the month, it, it syncs up for the last month of data, which is really nice talking to these these buyers. We got to the point, too, where the buyers would want to you know, they, they'd be talking to us and then they'd say, OK, I'm going to wait until the next month updates. And they wouldn't talk to us until Empire Flippers system synced and they could view Empire Flippers numbers because that was the number they're going off of. Right. And so, yeah, the books, the books thing, yes, you got to do it for yourself. You should do it for yourself. Use software, use an account, whatever. But also the fact that Empire Flippers has that special backend thing is, was pretty fantastic. Yeah. I mean, a few points there, like we, we update the the price of businesses on our marketplace every month. So like if you miss in the list in the middle of the month or you're listed longer than one to two months, we're going to make sure that we're updating the value of your business as it hopefully continues to grow, keep things up to date so buyers are informed and they don't delay things too much if they're looking to close on the business. It's the same with the vetting process. We do try to you know dot our I's and cross our T's as much as possible. So it can take a few weeks or a little bit more sometimes to complete that vetting process. Benefit of that, though, is we don't have buyers questioning, where did all this come from? I'm not familiar with this. Can you explain that? We try to eliminate a lot of those questions earlier on and get you prepped for that. So when you do list, the closing process can be as quick as possible. Perfect. What are the big things that buyers are looking for? Because I know we got a lot of questions from a lot of people on a lot of different things, but there were a lot of commonalities. So what are kind of the things you've seen that are like, oops, they missed that one for the for the seller or or like, wow, they really nailed that one. Yeah, it's so it depends on the size of the deal and it depends on the type of buyer as well. Like in, in your podcast, I think the the third part of the podcast, you talked about what you had learned from some of the buyers where you're going to see some that like they, they don't want a business that is stable. They want one where revenue is growing significantly year over year, um, whereas you had your profit growing, too. And that's something that some buyers, they'd rather see revenue growth profit growth, they're going to change their expenses anyway. So that may not be as important to them. Other factors too, different buyers have different types of products and niches that they're interested in. So you may have some that focus specifically on like health related products, whereas others will buy almost any single type of business there is if it's well run and seems like something that they'll be able to manage. Beyond that though, I mean, just understanding like where is the the business selling at right now? What marketplaces is it in? Have they already expanded internationally? Have they expanded into anything like uh, retail or wholesale channels? Some buyers may not want any of that to have been done because that's their big growth opportunity and value add. So really, it's kind of one of those answers where every deal is going to be specific. Every buyer is going to be unique as well. But I think there are a lot of uh, things that hold firm where most buyers are going to want to buy a business that has a, a proven track record of you know consistent sales, not going out of stock, no huge ups and downs so that they can understand what it's probably going to be like when they take it over. So I've heard something from a lot of people, and I I've, I've, haven't seen proof of this, but it makes sense. 
So what I was told back in the day is you got to get Shopify going. You got to get your dot com going. You got to get you got to get your own branded thing. You got to do Etsy. You got to do Walmart. You have to do the, the blah, 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 all sorts of like more channels. Right. And then people say, well, of course, if you can sell half of your stuff or a third of your stuff off of Amazon, you have your own business outside of Amazon, then like. Of course, that makes it so much more valuable because obviously there's more revenue, there's more profit, there's more opportunity in case the Amazon channel gets turned off. You still have this other opportunity. Now, of course, if 70% of your stuff gets turned off, that sucks, but at least you're not going to go bankrupt. You can at least liquidate and like end or maybe pivot, whatever, right? Which made so much sense. I get that. I get that. A third, you know, a third coming from outside Amazon. But a third is hard. (laughs) And so I, so what I usually see people doing there are a lot of people. I know a lot of people who are at 20%, 30%, and that's awesome. Yay. Okay, cool. But what I've heard most of the people I talk to who are the Amazon-focused people, they have 3% coming from Walmart, 1% coming from Etsy, and 2% coming from their website, right? Like, And then here's the part where I'm asking what, what you've seen. I've heard that having five percent eight percent coming from a non-amazon channel can actually hurt you because that person the buyer now has to like deal with etsy and walmart and and target and and this thing and that thing when they don't really have the resources they're an amazon business amazon aggregator and amazon whatever runner operator have you seen that 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 like five percent coming from outside of amazon can actually hurt you or is it or they don't care I don't see it in the sense where 5% off Amazon is going to hurt you. I think it actually would be more like if a business is closer to 50% off Amazon, then a lot of the buyers there, if they're looking at Amazon-based businesses, that may be a bit outside of their investment criteria because you're earning 50% of your, your revenue on Amazon. But then what kind of work does it take? to earn the 50% that's not on Amazon. Like if that's on on Walmart or Shopify, well, how are you getting those sales? How are you driving traffic to those platforms? Is it through like social media advertising or a lot of paid ads off Amazon? Some buyers just may not have that type of experience. And that's where I think you may have seen some some sellers or, or owners that have talked about feeling like penalized if they go too far off of Amazon. I don't think it's going to be that that big of a deal if it's like 5% off Amazon. We see that all the time. But um, it may limit the buyer pool the more you go off Amazon from a lot of the typical aggregators. At the same time, though, there's buyers that are looking for businesses that are not so reliant on Amazon and want to pick up businesses that are not 100% on Amazon and have sales off of it as well. Okay. So it's not a huge hindrance then. It just kind of depends on the buyer then, I guess. Yeah, I'm curious. Have you? Uh, I'm, I'm waiting for. I'm waiting to be talking to some business owners that are like, you know, I'm looking to go into TikTok marketing and like singing and dancing and trying to sell some new products. Have you talked to anybody that that is doing a lot off Amazon, like uh, a lot of these new kind of traffic channels like that to drive uh, drive sales as well? Yeah. So we actually in the Titan Mastermind, which I'm a leader in, you guys should check out the Titan Mastermind. I'll have a link in the show notes. And I've talked about plenty of times. So you guys probably already know about it. But we actually just yesterday had a guy come on talk about TikTok ads, how to set them up and like some of the pros and cons of it and stuff like that. It's interesting. I don't think I'm going to get into it. I actually love TikTok. Like I'm mildly obsessed with it. I uninstall TikTok on Monday mornings from my phone (laughs) because I will... 
because it sucks my time in it like it, i love it so much i'll just sit there for like an hour and a half just watching how do you spend an hour and a half watching 20 second videos it doesn't make any sense but you do so <laughs> uh, but anyways you talked about the platform here's a fun little tip for you guys if you want to check this out there is a cool thing you can go to a tiktok creators dashboard uh i'll look it up here in a second so tiktok has this platform of the creators, people who are actually, you know, people who make the videos, you can put a bid out for people to basically get your stuff for free or pay them for whatever. It's basically an influencer reach out stuff. And TikTok built it with the intent of like connecting businesses and, and influencers. I haven't, I've seen third party platforms do that, but this is like TikTok specific where they're funneling creators into businesses to do that thing, which I'm like, that's so clever. But uh, we got to do a whole podcast on that um, because be cool. uh, Amber English, who is a woman who did our uh, Amazon posts episode, which I think is maybe coming out after this one. So look forward to it in the future, maybe in a few weeks. She's actually pretty big on TikTok and she's had uh, several videos go viral and she's sold small, low five figures <laughs> in revenue on TikTok viral videos. Nice. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. Like it's it's kind of virgin territory right now. So it's it's fun yeah. stuff. Yeah, I, just, I just really only know one person who's like doing decent with it. That's cool, though. I imagine it'll pop up in the future more and more. I got a new tab open here that I'll be digging into after uh, after our interview here. Nice. Yeah. One other thing, too, just uh, since we are kind of talking about TikTok and things off of Amazon, I think a question I get most of the time isn't like, what kind of channel should I should I go into and do? Is it, It's more like, do I have to do all these things? Like, is my business not attractive if I don't have a killer Facebook page, Instagram, sending out text messages and everything as well. There is a level to like less is more. You don't have to check off every single box with social media and do everything. And I think what you're kind of getting at is like, if you're doing a ton of work and it's only amounting to 5% of your total revenue and you spend more than half of your week doing all the social media work, the juice may not be worth the squeeze and your efforts may be better focused on on what is pulling in the money for you. And if that's like just your Amazon brand, then focus on that and make sure it's running smoothly. That's good. Good advice. Yeah, I find that, I don't know, just being really good. If I'm being great at two things, good at two things and everything else kind of like let it be. It seems to be like a good little formula. I found it. It's TikTok Creator Marketplace. It's creatormarketplace.tiktok.com. So it's fun. Go check it out. It's uh, easy, free. It's free to sign up at least. And then you can kind of see like people will dance with your product and they'll do it for free. And they'll get a million views <laughs> and they're gorgeous. So everyone wants to watch them dance. So check it out. So Andrew, I'd love to hear, of course, one, one of the big questions if we're looking to sell a business is why use a brokerage? Like, uh, why not? I could just, you know, go knock on a bunch of doors, call a bunch of people and find a buyer. Like what, what does the brokerage kind of do to help with this whole process? Yeah. Well, I mean, we, as I mentioned earlier, we've, we've sold about, we sold about 13, 300 businesses last year alone. We're already approaching that number and, and we're talking in October, 2021 right now. So when it comes to just our experience of working with sellers and buyers and seeing these deals through, understanding what the fair value of the business is, you know, going through all of the, the legalese and purchase agreement information with, with both sellers and buyers, because a, a lot of sellers are first time sellers and they don't know 
what this will involve or, or what the buyer is asking and whether or not that's fair or not. And then making sure that we have a migration process on the back end that is going to be there to transfer all the assets in the business uh, smoothly over to the buyer. Obviously, the seller will have everything transferred over so they can be paid too. Of course, there is a fee for that, that any brokerage really worth its weight in gold would charge. But that fee itself is is something that you know, you're going to be likely getting paid more than if you're able to sell the business on your own. Uh, like right now, there's a lot of aggregators out there. There are clients, they work with us all the time to buy deals, but they're also looking for deals off of a marketplace as well. And a lot of the times for doing that is they're able to save some money if it isn't already on a marketplace where there's, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 different buyers looking at the business and making serious offers on it as well. Yeah, that and th- those are all great points. And the big thing that Mike and I, reason why we chose a brokerage over DIY is, uh, I mean, I, I, I had this. It's either a flaw or a feature that I love DIY. You know, I'm like, I wouldn't be building my own business if I wasn't DIY, right? Do it yourself, right? But I do have to acknowledge that obviously, when it comes to certain things, you shouldn't DIY. You shouldn't DIY trademark. You shouldn't DIY. Um, you shouldn't fly out to China and build the products yourself or or do the inspection yourself, right? Like it's good to hire professionals to do these things because they're more capable um, in a lot of ways. So that was one thing. Professionals will help, right? The second thing too is that I love real estate. You know, a lot of people think why use a real estate agent when you could, you know, the market's so hot, you could just sell whenever, right? And in some ways that's true, but in other ways that agents help, agents work, the, you know, there's a reason why everyone uses them. And even though there's that opportunity, the the for sale by owner, that's so rare because usually that three, four, five, six, seven percent, whatever the for sale by owner would be gaining, usually that gets beat out of them during the deal. Right. Yep. And so like that's and that's big. And and so honestly, if you are in real estate, for example, and you and for me at some point, maybe I will have done half a dozen deals and I feel confident that I can sell a home myself and I will have a real estate license and like they're not that hard to get. Right. And I can sell the house myself. But until I get to that fifth deal, the 10th deal, then I want to have an agent helping me. That was the same reasoning because I don't know how the house, the, the deed transfer thing works. And I'm like, oh, the inspection report came back and then the little the leak happened. Like, I don't know. Is the leak a big deal? I don't know. I don't I don't know. I've have only seen one house be sold in my, you know, in, that I've dealt with. Right. The same thing with a business brokerage. We thought, well, we've never sold a business. How do we know we're doing a good job? Right. And so that was a big thing. We, th- we thought, okay, let's have someone else help us, have us, someone else come in, someone who's done a deal a day, right? <laughs> Hundreds of deals, thousands of deals now at this point that can help us with this process. So there's that, that stuff. The next one is the buyer list, right? The more opportunities you have for a buyer, the more opportunity, the more, the larger your list, the more opportunities you are able to talk to people and the more opportunities you are likely to find a good deal. And we got, I don't know, six, seven, eight, I don't know, something like that offers. And some of them came before we list on Empire Flippers. Some came during, most came during the Empire Flippers thing. And we even got some kind of like outside of that too. And those deals, we we spreadsheeted out. Mike and I are big like data guys. We had the thing, the numbers and the cost and the, the this and the that, whatever. And 
even paying the commission and paying this and paying that, Empire Flipper still was a better deal. Plus, so it's a better deal. Plus, we had the opportunity of having professionals help us. So that was the big reason why I went with the brokerage. Yeah, I mean, I appreciate you breaking those reasons down and, and talking a little bit about what it was like on uh, or working with us from the inside there. And I mean, it's a huge decision like for, for anyone. And a lot of the times whenever people are selling a, a business, especially in the Amazon space, I think a lot of the owners are typically a bit younger than like a brick and mortar uh, business owner. So it may be their first time doing this. And that's usually a life-changing amount of money for any of them to have hanging over their heads. So just talking to people, whether it's Empire Flippers or somebody else, doing what you guys did, talk to people, learn about the process. You know, maybe there's, uh, you know, maybe there's an option to sell directly to somebody and potentially that's a good fit for you. Other times, though, if you are working with a good representative and a, and a good brokerage, and they should be able to help you make things easier and sell for more money, too. Nice. Yeah. So if anyone is interested in selling, I would love to have an Amazon conversation with you. If you want to go to zoncompodcast.com slash exit, E-X-T, exit, you can just book a call with me. Happy to just to chat with people. Um, I love having, love talking about exiting. I really enjoyed this whole, well, enjoyed in the sense that it's work. <laughs> it's not like super easy, uh, the whole the whole process, but it was a very rewarding process. So if you do want to talk, I'd be happy to chat with you. Zonconpodcast.com slash exit. And then, uh, oh, one thing I was going to add in there too, Andrew, is that uh, I found that talking to more people helps a lot, right? So a lot of people I've talked to say like, oh, I got one offer from one person, right? Or I got, I took two phone calls and then I ended up taking the offer from the second person, right? Can you talk a little bit about how people should strategize about talking and how many people they should talk to and stuff like that? I mean, I think, uh, I mean, it'd be interesting to hear from you if there's some sort of upper limit on that. But I typically think the more people you talk to, you know, go around and, and see what a brokerage or a company can do to help you out, whether it's selling to them directly, having them help you sell the business, you know, put people to the test and really understand what, what they're, what are they going to do to sell your business? What is the process going to be like? Have they thought out all the types of contingencies in case something doesn't go right or how they handle one aspect of the sale, like the migration uh, and, and really understanding what, what are we paying you for too? Why, you know, wouldn't you vet anyone that's going to help you sell a business that may be, you know, seven, eight figures. So, you know, spending some time to do that. And a lot of the times when we work with a, an owner that we end up selling, we'll have calls, multiple calls, 10, 15 calls sometimes before they even start the vetting process. So by all means, you know, reach out to us, just like Andrew mentioned, he can, uh, you know, talk with you all as well. Well, we're here to do the same, you know, no harm in having a call, seeing where you're at and uh, hopefully giving you some advice that you can walk away with too. Yep. And the nice thing is that you guys are so chill. You're so like non-committal, like you, you don't have to sign in blood or anything like that. And, and even the agreement when we did the, the, the listing, it was only a two month commitment. That we had, we actually didn't have to pay for anything until the exit happened, and then two month commitment was only like whatever. And I know I know it's probably have different terms for different people, so that your mileage may vary on that. But it was uh like you know that's the thing is it's 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 a low commitment thing. You really only have to Empire Flippers only does makes anything if they sell something for you, so it's very low commitment. So if you guys also want to book a call with Andrew Voda, not Andrew Erickson, but Andrew Voda, we also have a link on that same website at zoncompodcast.com slash exit to book directly with Andrew and his team to talk to them. 
Exactly. Awesome. Looking forward to it. Andrew, thank you so much for being here. Very excited. And thank you. Thank you for helping Mike and I sell the business. We're very happy. It's awesome. We uh we had a little uh, did you listen to the last podcast? We did we did, we did a little cheers and stuff. I, it was yeah, fun. I literally heard the cheer. How did you do the cheers? Did you cheers it into another bottle that you had? Uh, <laughs> I actually um I actually uh just used my ring and I clicked oh. it with my ring. So. <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, thanks for having me on, and it's been it's been great meeting you and Mike uh, about a year ago now, and seeing you in San Diego as well, and looking forward to to what the future holds as well. Awesome! Thanks so much, Andrew. Yeah, absolutely.